This is Transistor.fm. Nothing we've ever done has been like, choo, you know. There's never been, and in three and a half or four years ago, we asked Jason Freed that at 37 Signals. Because uh, he had office hours, and then we called him, and we said, like, what did you do to see that, like, spike? And he's like, there's never been a spike. If you've dreamed about building your own product, you are in the right place this week. The hilarious, talented, and honest Alan Branch joins us to talk about why he's leaving less conf behind to focus on less accounting. Product people would not be possible without the support from the fine folks at Sprintly. If you're building software with a team of people and you want to make your development process more transparent for the whole company, Sprintly is for you. Now anyone can check in and see what stage certain features are at. Founders and product managers can get the pulse of the whole company in one place. I want you to try Sprintly for free, www.sprint.ly. After your trial is over, use my coupon code PRODUCTPEOPLETV2013 for 10% off. If you've always wanted to write your own ebook, join myself, Sasha Grafe, Nathan Berry, and Paul Jarvis for a live hangout about self-publishing on August 26, 2013. Go to com, and you can sign up there. Hi, I'm Justin, and this is Product People, the podcast focused on great products and the people who make them. And this week, I'm joined by a man who builds amazing lamps, Alan Branch of Less Accounting and formerly of Less Comp. Alan, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I like doing intros. They're kind of fun. Sure. I thought you were going to do like Rustler. Six four. Maybe I'll do that next time. Um, hey, let's get a big question out of the way right away, because a lot of people know you from LessConf, mm-hmm. and I was just on your LessConf webpage today, and it says you're not doing LessConf anymore. Is that true? Yeah, you can't. I, you know, I wouldn't say forever, right? I don't. I don't like to talk in absolutes, but. Um... Yeah, we're not doing it for a while. A few years. It might happen one day. I don't know. Just kind of putting it on pause. Yeah. And so. what was the thinking behind that? Why why stop now? Well, we make we do make money from it. And it's very hard to make money from a conference. Um, it got to be too much. Um, we're kind of at a spot. We have about 250 attendees each year. And this year we had... It was three days of continuous adventure stuff. Like we had a circus act come in from New York to just do like fire breathing and juggling whenever we wanted them to. We had uh, a party at my house. I have, I have a fairly large house with a yard. We had 250 people. Actually, there were 300 when you count like staff and local people. Yeah. At my house, I had a party here where we had knife throwing lessons <laughs> and a tightrope set up. A guy broke his leg. Oh man! Out a hot tub. We had ping pong. I mean, we just we had moon local moonshine. We had uh, pig roast. We had uh, you know just we had marshmallow tasting. We had See, a bonfire. This, I mean, this just, sounds amazing. Why would why yeah. would you stop this? This is such a good thing. Yeah, it just got to it just it, it, it's so much it's so much fun, right? Yeah. And it just, it's such a distraction uh, from our product, less accounting. Uh, and so it's just kind of this fun little hobby that started taking over mm-hmm. and we still, you know, we're, we're still 
duking it out, right? We, we're, there's no big pot. We have a nest egg of money, but there's we're not a funded company. We're still battling it out, you know, for for users and stuff. And, and less conflict is a big distraction. Yeah, uh, and and certainly you can make correlations of like, oh well, the attendees are your potential market, and it just got to be a, a thing where it was just we had to cut something off and that was it. And it, as much as we like doing it, it's just within a distraction and for now. So. Yeah. And it, that is one of those things people say is like, if you run this event, you might get customers out of it. But was that the case for you? Like, did you ever get customers out of it? Not really. I mean, um, it's just not, it, it's a nice event to go to and you meet a lot of people and you do a lot of goodwill and introductions and, and you can make some notoriety, but notoriety in the startup community doesn't translate to users in the real business community. I'm, I mean, our users are plumbers, surf schools, bakeries. They don't come to LessConf. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and so um, no, notoriety and, and fame and all that bullshit uh, just feels really good when you're doing it. And yeah. LessConf is this really nice ego stroke. Yeah. Um, people coming to your party and paying to come and sponsors giving you money to be at your party and you're there and you're just everyone though and it's just really big you're then you, you come off of less comp and it's just like you're sitting you're back at home working yeah. and your friends aren't around Pemont City is a little tiny town yeah and there's not a big startup community here at all yeah uh, there's like six people that do, that do Ruby um, but uh, you know it, so it's a big letdown so it's this roller coaster of emotions and, uh, and it's it's very emotional playing a conference because you'll have friends that can't go and and uh, for various reasons so they don't come and then you're at the conference as the host and you're being pulled you want to see as many people as you can because that's part of your job is to introduce people and talk to people and your friends are there and they're like dude come hang out and you're like I can't I gotta talk to all these other people that I don't know yeah. and so it's it's a really weird you're it's like being a bride at a wedding. And uh, and everyone wants to talk to you, and you always feel like you're going to let someone down by not talking to them. And you know, like this person is going to be like, I came all the way there, and I didn't get to talk to Alan, and he was rude to me, or he said something offhanded to me yeah. in, in a moment of frustration or something. You know, I mean, because I'm I'm at this event, I'm there as an not as an attendee, but as an organizer. So I'm making sure like food shows up, and so it's like a it's like a bride planning her own wedding and then attending the wedding and having to talk to them about it. Yeah, yeah, uh, and so like. You lose sleep too, so it's it's stressful. Do you think it's worth it? Because a lot of people in our industry want kind of to get notoriety. They want to mm-hmm. uh, be known for things. Sure. Uh, do you think that's still something worth pursuing, or do you think people get distracted by it? Is that a is that oh, kind of a false hope? Yeah, I mean, like notoriety feels really good, and I'm I'm by no means like famous, but I have a few people that know who the things that we've done. We've been around, and only because we've been around for a long time, long time in the web world at least. Yeah. Um, it's it's a yeah, it's like this, it's a disease, uh, and it sucks you in, and like you know, just looking at Instagram likes and, and who liked this and who tweet this out, and you know, and it's 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 not good, and you certainly you need notoriety to get your product out. And there's a hard balance between notoriety and marketing. It kind of gets mixed together too much. Yeah. Especially if you're building a product for developers. Yeah, um, and that's sort of like your skill set too. It's it's a real, really weird sort of thing, um, but it is a distraction. At least for us, um, startups are getting not our our target market. One because most startups aren't running their business like a business. Yeah, uh, they're just building their product. They don't really care about accounting, 
as opposed to someone who has a restaurant who has to really watch their margins and hit their budgets and report their taxes. Uh, you know, startups and te- especially tech startups are just not really known for good accounting. Yeah, they're not thinking about that. Well, <laughs> I want to know how you and Steve, because you guys are known for being kind of nuts, like kind of mm-hmm. wild, crazy guys. Sure. How the heck did you get into accounting software? Yeah. So the, the backstory to less everything is uh, in 2006, I was a, I was a designer building this doing rail stuff uh, with a few contract developers. Okay. And I had a project go awry in 2000 fall 2006, and Steve had contacted me previously uh, because I had SEO'd for Ruby on Rails uh, in Jacksonville, Florida, which was I was living in Birmingham. My sister lived in Jacksonville, but so SEO brought us together. <laughs> and uh, and so he contacted me, and he was like fifty bucks an hour, which for me was like a lot of money. That was yeah. a ton of money. And so I brought him on to kind of save the project, and he did. I was doing fixed bid; he was doing hourly. Uh, but he would push back on features that were out of scope because the client was pushing me around and uh, say, "You know, you're getting. I'm charging for this time, and it's not in scope. You didn't get paid for this." And so he was the first developer that actually looked after my well-being and my best interest. And I was like, wow, this guy, he actually, and he had good UI sense and was just had some nice wisdom about him. Um, and uh, then, like, by the end of that year, I started throwing around ideas. Software as a service, to me, was a new idea. I didn't really know anything about it. Uh, I started throwing around ideas to different developers I've been working with of, Hey, what about a social network t- to connect golfing buddies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. shit like that. Yeah, and um, and I had an idea for an expense tracker, and so did Steve. And he was like, "I kind of like this idea." And I was like, "Yeah, my uncle's a CPA." He was like, "My mom's a CPA," and um, we just started kind of building building that in like the end of 2006, and then 2007 we formed Less Everything to, um, together and, and got married. Basically, is what you could call it. Yeah, yeah, um, and yeah. been building it ever since. So. Huh. And wh- so what are the challenges with running a, a business like that? Because there is kind of, uh, there's some some wisdom. Some people say you only should build a product for people in your niche or your kind of world. And, uh, you know, how, how do you kind of, how have you built this business for, uh, you know, for people that need accounting software, small businesses? Yeah, so small business is a, is a gigantic thing, right? It's, it's any business under 500 employees. But most people's bookkeeping is fairly close. People think, everyone thinks their problems problems are like unique snowflakes. Yeah. But it really is. And it's all, uh, you know, uh, revenue streams or projects and they all can use tags. It's, it's fairly, I mean, when you get the people that have like reselling inventory and holding on to inventory and depreciating it, that's when you start getting a little bit weird. Accrual accounting is a little bit weird. Um, the problem we face is taking this sort of simple feature set and explaining it for all the different situations people have, and then all the different sort of preconceived notions of what bookkeeping is, the baggage that QuickBooks gives you, because QuickBooks kind of teaches you this weird terminology or traditional accounting terminology that we try to unteach people. Um, that's really what the problem that we've always faced in the past few years, and then getting in the door of accountants who use of QuickBooks and have been using QuickBooks for 20 years. Yeah. Um, and they make money off of QuickBooks consulting um, and the problems that QuickBooks generates. Uh, so it's kind of this weird, yeah. weird sort of cycle. But um, 
it's we we are building a tool for ourselves. That's really the, the, the it started out as an expense tracker, and we moved into invoicing and proposals because we that's what we needed. And at the time, we had never heard of FreshBooks. Yeah. And uh, I don't know of any other invoicing apps. I'm sure there were hundreds, but I had never heard of any. Yeah. Uh, so we really just built features as we need them, as less account, as less everything has grown from. Steve and I paying ourselves three grand a month each, which is what we were paying ourselves, nothing. Yeah. Um, to multiple millions of dollars, and our accountants will say, "You need to move to QuickBooks because you've outgrown less accounting." We'll say, "How do? You, how, what, what do you mean?" And they'll <laughs> say, "Well, you need to add um, depreciation or a balance sheet." We'll say, "Well, tell us how we can do that, or tell us what do you mean, and we'll figure it out." Huh. Um, and so we built it from like you know the ground up, as opposed to uh, MBA trying to figure out how to build software. Yeah. And so it's kind of scaled with you guys as you've grown as a business. Exactly, exactly. Okay, there's a few different places I want to go here. The first is you mentioned that you guys were paying each other uh, $3,000 a month. Where did that money come from while you are building this product? Oh, okay. So we, we did that. So 2007 when we formed, I had a few leftover clients, and Steve had a couple clients um, that needed continuing work. We had more clients coming in the shoot, but... We said, what can we afford to pay ourselves? Because I, I was making like 60 grand a year or something as a freelancer, basically. And I don't remember what he was making. But we both kind of took pay cuts to, to form less everything because we wanted to build up a nest egg. Mm-hmm. Um, but we never really took off time to work on less accounting. It was always, I mean, immediately when we formed less everything, we started getting work. Uh, the first year of less everything we did, in 2007, we did like 600,000 in client work. Wow. And built less accounting, hmm. um, and so we were we were doing client work and, and staying up late at night uh, to work on less accounting or hiring people to work on less accounting. And we did that for years. Less accounting, um, I would say, it was two thousand nine before it was making like five grand a month. Okay, so it was years of ye- years of work. Yeah, that's the misconception is like it's just going to start raining money on you. Yeah. Uh, in reality, we are the cockroach in the accounting industry. Like, we just won't, you can't kill us. You know, like, <laughs> there's been plenty of competition come and go, new invoicing apps and little, little accounting app things pop up, and they'll, they just can't outlast us. They'll, they'll burn through money, they'll get bored, they'll, they won't see a hockey stick, they'll switch to something else, and we just keep trudging along. Yeah. Um, and, and how, so, did you guys have yeah. families at that point when you were starting yeah. this thing? And you had your how did you do that? Three thousand dollars a month? Like, how how did you explain that to your spouse? How did you how did you explain yes. that to your kids? <laughs> so I had very low expenses. Um, you know, I had my my son was born to December two thousand six. So I had one kid, kind of brand new child, sparkly and brand and shiny. Yeah, brand new child. Uh, Steve had three. He's got two daughters and a son and his son is like three months younger than my son. Um, but I would say we only pay ourselves three grand a month for a few months. Yeah. Uh, we, we ramped it pretty quick when you're making 600,000 or you're bringing in 600,000 a year in consulting work, you end up start, you know, we went from three to four to 5,000, $6,000, $7,000 a month. Um, and we made really good money, um, for a few years when yeah. we did, we were, we were really pushing hard on the consultancy, Unless it kind of kind of drug around, drug its feet. Two thousand nine, oh, two thousand nine, two thousand ten. It kind of drug its feet a little bit because um, we were busy doing consulting work, making a bunch of money. Yeah, um, is that a good just, way? Is that a good way to do it when you're starting? Like, oh uh, man, I would. Um, no, no. It's well, it's just it's hard to juggle all those things. Yeah. 
Like no, nothing that I've done, I would say you should do it the way we did it. Yeah. Uh, because it seems like, you know, I think that's maybe, maybe that maybe most business owners kind of put on this front of they have it all figured out and they have the right path. And I think like, Oh man, my, this has been freaking so hard. You should do whatever the opposite of what I did, whatever that is. Yeah. It's probably easier than what I did. Yeah. Um, I, I think, you know, in 2008, the end of 2008, we had $260,000 in cash left over after the end of the year. That's yeah. been sold. Um, and what we should have done is fired everybody. It's yeah. been like, and I talked to Steve, we, we had a conversation. We said we could fire everybody. And we, you and I just work on Lesser County for a full year. That would support us. Yeah. And it was like, wow, all the, you, you're drunk on the money. Yeah, and you're drunk on some of the notoriety, and and you know, hunkering down and kind of going quiet for a year isn't. It's not really fun to your ego. You're yeah. you know, building this consultancy and everyone talking about you and releasing open source stuff is fun. Yeah, and um, so we we did. We kept consulting uh, through those years, and we basically worked. I think it was 2009. Steve worked like 2,500 hours uh, in that year. I mean, literally six days a week. Seven days a week, we were working all night. And it would be, I remember at one point apologizing because I was going to bed at like 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. And just being like, I got to go to bed, dude. I'm tired. And Steve was like, I'm going to step in another few hours. Uh, and we just worked our brains out. And, you know, uh, the, our relationships with our wives suffered. Uh, and uh, our kids were young, thankfully. Yeah. Uh, our health suffered. You know, we weren't exercising. It was just working constantly. Yeah. And drinking lots of coffee. Yeah, yeah. So I don't, I don't recommend that. I, I would recommend cutting all your expenses down as little as possible, doing as much consulting work as you possibly at the highest rate you can, and just and going just full blown on the on the product when you have enough cash. Yeah, uh, and enough cash is like three months, three months worth of cash. Do you, Do you think that advice is the same for someone with a family as opposed to someone who's single and no dependents and like is it a lot easier to cut down on your expenses if you. Uh, don't have kids and a mortgage. Oh, certainly. It, the kids certainly make it harder. And a yeah. wife makes it harder. Well, if you have kids and no wife, that's harder. But <laughs> a, a wife. But you know what I'm saying? But, but a wife and kids certainly. And he's a single parent now. Him and his wife got divorced. And it's hard. You know, oh, you have man. to go pick kids from school and stuff. And like, things, parent-teacher conferences. You know, with me, I'm like, yeah, just go. I'll, I'm not yeah. going to um, But, uh, yeah, certainly having kids is harder. I mean, Oh, yeah, having kids is harder, especially when they get older and they can like look at you and say like you work too much. Yeah, uh, my my kid the other day said, uh, "Daddy, you work too much, but you can take Father's Day off." <laughs> so, but he doesn't know. Like, you know, he was a baby when I was working seventy hours a week. I only work like forty five hours a week at the most now. Yeah, yeah. So, does having a partner help with all that? I think so. So, um. um He's, you know, Steve likes it to make my ideas better or tell me they're terrible. He also, and that's the kind of the common, what everyone's going to tell you. It's like, oh, your business partner will tell you when your ideas are bad. But they'll also give you the courage to be more of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I remember when Steve and I first got together, I thought, like, I told him, I said, we should get polo shirts with our names embroidered on, like the logo embroidered on the polo shirts. He was like, no, dude, that's terrible. You should, I like the way you're doing this other thing over here. And he encouraged me to be more of myself. Yeah, yeah. I, I had an art teacher in high school that kind of did that, too. Um, and so they're there to, like, make you more courageous um, to, 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 to go after the big ideas or the bigger ideas or the crazier ideas. 
and and and, and pop your ego on YouTube too. Yeah. So, so business partners, I don't, you know, I think I would be successful with Steve or you know whatever that means, whatever success means, without Steve. But uh, he's certainly, I'm way better with him than I am without him. Yeah. And how how did you know he was the right guy? Uh, how did you know your wife was the right one? It was like the little, it was like love bells. Yeah. Uh, no, you know, he, 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 he looked after my best interest in the projects. Um, he just had a lot of, I would bring him a problem or something and I thought I had the answer to it. And he would say, even as a contract, he was like, no, you should do it this way. And I'd be like, oh, what? And then his kind of, um, personality and, and patience for certain things kind of meld well with mine. Like he could read contracts and stuff and I'm like, oh God. I don't want to read anything like that. And he, yeah. just, he, he just and he like he likes it. Yeah. And so our, our skill sets. You know, he's a developer. I'm more of a designer, more of marketing, and we kind of share UI sensibilities. Um, but um, it just it just seemed to kind of be the right thing. It, ne- never in this business have I ever been like, you know, like master plan kind of thing. It's always just kind of felt right kind of thing. Like, oh, that doesn't really make sense. It kind of makes sense for the business, but kind of just feels right. Yeah. Uh, and so Steve, just, it just felt right to work with Steve. Yeah. Now, so who who is less accounting for? Like, what do you have a typical kind of customer that sure. that signs up and is like, this is our customer? Sure. So um, usually they're service based people, um, so they send invoices. Um, usually they have more than three employees or more than three contractors. Um, usually people that have like less than $250,000 in revenue, they don't really care about their books or they use a spreadsheet or something. They just can't justify the time, any time to do accounting yeah. um, or bookkeeping. And then um, that's about it, really. I mean, there's, I mean, we're mostly service providers, marketing people, design firms, stuff like that. But uh you know, we're moving over to more uh, general public people. Like I talked to a guy the other day. He was like, I, I repair moorings on sailboats, which are like boat anchors. Yeah, yeah. Permanent boat anchors. And I was like, moorings? And there's like surf schools and stuff. So we're, we're kind of breaking out of this sort of tech um, sort of bubble. Why, why are you doing that? Why break out of the tech bubble? Why go outside of that circle? Uh, it's just naturally gone that way. We, we, we don't really spend any money on marketing. Um, but it just kind of trickled that way. You know, that's just the where the, the organic marketing is gone. Huh. Um, those are better clients because they're not on the internet all the time. Like they don't, you know, they're not going to like, they don't know every option out there. You know, as sad as it sounds, the, an ignorant user is your best customer yeah. because they're not trying out every application. They're not like outlining every one of them or telling you where your API is wrong or bad or, you know, yeah. Uh, so, you know, I love when plumbers sign up because plumbers don't go out, you know, looking for new accounting software every three months. That's right. You know, so. Um, so how do you reach plumbers? Like what's, what's been an effective way of you doing some marketing and, and reading and reaching people? I mean, I know you said you don't do marketing, but yeah. how do you, how do you well, reach those people? Marketing, right? We don't do paid advertising. Yeah. Uh, we do a little bit of retargeting stuff, but not, I mean, a hundred bucks a week kind of stuff. Nothing major. Um. Just being really good to accountants has been good for us. Okay. Uh, by being good to accountants, I mean uh, when I see an accountant sign up, we'll email them. We'll hey, can we show you? The, can we screen check? Can we do a demo of the app for you. It takes five minutes. Really, it takes fifteen. We just tell them it takes five. <laughs> um, 
And so talking to them and just being nice to them and then even because uh, people are always needing accountant referrals. If there's an accountant that I like, I'll refer a customer lead to them. And then instantly they're loyal to us for a long time. Yeah. Um, so just being good to accountants. Accountants are the gatekeeper to business owners in a lot of, a lot of circumstances. Um, and just, you know, we've been around, like, we've been around for six years. And so six years worth of links, right? It's, it's yeah. less accounting has steadily grown. I mean, and by grown, I mean 10 to 15% every year, not like month over month, yeah. year by year, yeah. which to a funded startup is like death. Yeah, but for us, it's like you know we we run ourselves like a normal business, and normal businesses ten percent growth is really good. Yeah, um, and so just being around for that long has built up links. It's built up people know people. You know, when authors write uh, uh, an article on accounting software, we're somehow found from various links and googling and gotcha. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So. Is there like do you do a lot of content marketing? Like, is there been some content marketing that's really worked for you? Uh, we just started doing content marketing uh, here in the past uh, six months. Um, I'm not a I'm not a huge nothing like I'm not like you got to do content marketing. Um, we blogged for a lot of years on LessEverything.com and built up that sort of traffic. Yeah, that didn't help Less Accounting. Yeah, uh, and so we started blogging under Less Accounting. It's blogged about six months ago. Yeah. Um, and the most kind of content marketing I will do is I will take a blog post that I'm thinking about writing and just doing some keyword research on it. Um, or I will look through support tickets to see what people are asking about that are not about features but about how they're running their business. And I'll write a blog post based off of our experiences that I've already had yeah. as a consultant and I'll write a blog post about that. Um, we've done ebooks and things like that too, but none of it was like, Oh, we should launch this book that'll give us a lot of traffic because of these keywords. It was never like that. It was, what do we know about? We know about relationships with our wives and our, our business partners. Let's write an ebook about that because that's interesting. Yeah. And people ask us about that. It's never like some master plan. And so, it, so I don't write blog posts that are like ten ways to improve your business. Yeah. Or yeah. nine ways, you know. Shawshank Redemption is like being a business owner. <laughs> I want to see that post now. You yeah, deliver on that one. I don't write any of that kind of stuff. I just I can't. I don't know. I like writing short little blog posts, something actionable. Um, and do you, do you actually get conversions on like blog posts? Do you get conversions on the book? Like, do you actually get customers from those things? So we wrote an e little primer uh, that was like a primer called uh, bookkeeping for service-based businesses in five minutes or something. Um, and we have a coupon code at the back of that ebook and that converts pretty well. Um, sure. Pretty well. I mean, a user um, once a week, once every two weeks, um, nothing like there's nothing we've ever done has been like, choo, you know, yeah. there's never been and. and Three and a half for four years ago, we asked Jason Freed that at 37 Signals. Yeah. Because uh, he had office hours, and, and we called him, and we said, like, what did you do to see that, like, spike? And he was like, there's never been a spike. Yeah. Uh, and so you just do stuff and just putting stuff out there, um, and you look for a little return on investment, but a lot of times you can't track it. Um, you know, our, are we, what we look for return is, did the revenue go up at all? And did support tickets go down or up? You know, that's how I look for UI kind of cues if we're doing things better or worse. Yeah. Um, 
And that's pretty much been, there's never been one thing. It's never been like, you got to do retargeting. You got to do content development. You got to do SEO. Yeah. It's just kind of like you, you do the best you can and put out things, put out lots and lots of things for six years. Yeah. <laughs> and just keep going. And just keep doing it. Yeah. Well, yeah. this would be a good time because, you know, people daydream about building their own businesses all the time. Uh, what are the kind of most common misconceptions you see people have when they're saying, ah, I want to build my own thing. I'm going to be my yeah. own boss. What, what, yeah. what are some things that keep coming up over and over again that are just bullshit? Um, well, with non-tech people, they don't realize they're building. You'll have a business owner that's building a, a piece of software that doesn't realize they're now a software company. Uh, that's, from the, that's from non-tech people. Tech people, uh, they don't have the patience. You know, it takes a long-ass time to build revenue. Uh, bad habits have a lot of inertia. So if you're like, oh, we're this thing that's replacing a bad habit, whatever that is. Um, bad habits have a lot of inertia. Bad software has a lot of inertia. People use QuickBooks even when they know there's better options. Yeah. Right? Everything has a lot of inertia. So it takes a – and people will sign up for less accounting and they'll delete their account. They'll come back the next year. So it's – everything's so long tail and so slow and it, people don't have patience. Mm-hmm. And that's what you. That's what people don't realize how much patience you have to have uh, to get revenue. How, how long did it take for you guys to become profitable? Um, I don't really know how to answer that because you know we we never really lived off of less accounting's revenue until like 2011. Okay, so this is pretty new. Well, we had you know 11 people in the company. Mm-hmm. So there, at one point, there was you know for the past. Five years, there was always someone working on a consulting project. Yeah, you know whether it's one person or or the whole team. Uh, we just kind of slowly worked people out of the consultancy and still and, and and even now, even now, you know, because we're an unfunded company and there's no big huge money bag laying around. There's there is there's a cash pad, but there's not like a money bag of just like let's spend money. Yeah. Um, if a client came, if someone came to us and said, you know, three hundred bucks an hour to do some UI work for a month, I would say let's do it. Yeah, because I would love that in little injection of cash uh, yeah. to do some other little things with. Right? I think I think that's actually kind of the the dirty secret of a lot of SaaS businesses yeah. is because I I talk to a lot of people and kind of like off camera, uh, even some funded startups say, you know, I, I can't tell anyone about this, but we're yeah. doing consulting work on the side. We're we're trying to you know hustle as much as we can to keep money in the door. And a lot of people yeah. don't know that they have this idea that we're just going to build this app. And it's going to magically support us for the rest of our lives. Well, and, and when you build an app, uh, that actually increases your leads uh, because people are signing up for it. Josh Pickford at Pop Survey and Temper.io, uh, good friend of ours, awesome, smart dude. He he got his last client lead because of, his, of his, he was signing up for Pop Survey, and they just started chatting via customer support. Yeah, uh, and so. And, and also, if you use that product right in the sales process, that'll actually help sell your consultancy over other consultancies. Yeah. Because you'll say, hey, you're tr- you want me to build a web app for you while well, I'm doing it for myself already, and why would you pick another consultancy that's not doing it? Yeah, exactly. Right? Is there, are they too scared to do it? Or, you know, why would you trust them? You know? So, um, And you can say things like, well, we've done things with marketing. We've done things with customer support. We know how to build a customer support team. Does this other consultancy know how to do that? Can they help you with that? Yeah. Um, so breaking away from consultancy is really hard too because the money is really good 
and uh, it's fun. And, and also, think about this. You know, we worked on Lesson County for six years. That's a long road. And so having that break of consultancy work, a new client, a fresh code base, simple yeah. features is nice. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, a lot of, a lot of people that uh, call themselves SaaS businesses are still doing consulting work. And we would, too. If a, if a client came in, 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 or a lead came in and said, hey, I got 300 bucks an hour or something, yeah. uh, we, would, you know, we would do it. You'd do yeah. it. Yeah. So what's, what's next for less accounting? What do you guys, what's kind of like the next big challenge you've got you've to overcome? Ooh. There's, no, like, there's no major – there's a couple integrations we're trying to work on. Um, there's no, there's no big major sort of like rush, rush, rush to get out. We all, I, like the past few months have been kind of interesting for us. We, um, we've, we kind we, you know, we've always tried to like compare ourselves and go after like zero, zero is a funded company, right? They're zero.com X E R O.com. They are a publicly traded company in New Zealand. Yeah. And, it took them up until last year to, to finally have more um, more users than we did, huh. uh, and uh, and we were just like, wow, we gotta we gotta beat them, we gotta do better than them. And then about May, we just said, you know what, we don't we don't have to own the market, and uh, and we're not going to, and we can't because they've spent a hundred and seventy million dollars, <laughs> right? That's kind of ridiculous for us. Yeah, we're like we're like eleven people. One hundred seventy million dollars will take out a lot of plumbers, man. They have five hundred employees, right? And so <laughs> it's like we can't. You know, my happiness has always been based off of my expectation of myself, and that trickles down to my expectation of other people in the in the company and just everything. And so you know, we're we're a profitable SaaS company, and and we can carve out our little niche. Uh, and just and, and just trudge along, and this is great. Yeah. Uh, but we've kind of had to adjust our level of expectation in the past few months, and uh, because it's really disheartening to kind of compare yourself to companies that are just burning money. Yeah. And it's like, and they might burn themselves. Out. Who knows what that, what their life? But when people say, "Why should I use you guys over zero or wave accounting?" Is another one. Yeah, I, I I can only say that we're profitable. and We'll be here in ten years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know how long they'll be here. Maybe they'll be here forever. They can be here forever too. I don't need I don't need the whole market to make a living and, and be happy. Yeah, so, so it's, it's lowering the bar and just kind of being realistic with what success is. Yeah. So why don't we end on this? What with all this stuff we talked about? Because because business is hard, building stuff is hard, uh, maintaining stuff is hard, customer support is hard. What keeps you going? Why do you keep doing this? Well, being a business owner, or doing less accounting, or what, what? What do you mean? Uh, yeah, what keeps you going? Doing less accounting. What's the? Why do you? Why do you keep working on it? What's the? What's the drives you to get out of bed and, and work on that product? Sure. Well, there, there are things that, like it's we we have not, we haven't delivered the solution that we want to deliver. Uh, and partially because the kind of the, the aim has changed from features to then just do bookkeeping that are more like collaborational features uh, between accountants and business owners and business partners. Um, but we, we're not satisfied with less accounting yet. Um, so there are features that we're implementing and want to implement. There's, there's still a roadmap that we're really excited about. Um, and, and I like connecting the business owners, as cheesy as that sounds, uh, like – the vast majority, like I'll help out with customer support, especially on Fridays and Mondays. And like 
the vast majority of it is fun. It's nice. They're nice people. They're, and then they see like the co-founder responding, and they're like, nice. They don't realize like how small of a company we are. Yeah. Uh, they'll be like, oh, it's so cool. And like, I'm like, oh, that's cool. And you know, I'm glad you like our software. That's cool that you like our software. Yeah, yeah. Right. And it's like, and like, it's 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 a genuine like appreciation. Like, we had a, a person cancel their account um, yesterday. That been with us for five years. And like, I was like, fuck, five years. That's five years. Yeah. Thank you. Like seriously, like I don't, I don't marginalize. Like your money is the reason why I'm at home in my gym shorts. Yeah. Like thank you. Yeah. You know, and uh, you know it's and I we run this company like I get to do whatever I want. Like n- not just like I don't get to like delete databases and like just, you know it's not like <laughs> do whatever I want doesn't mean like being retarded. I'm yeah. Retarded. Let's bleep that out. Uh, being <laughs> stupid or foolish. It's, yeah. It's like you know. Um, when I do customer support, I'll say like, um, you know, someone will say like, hey, can you help me? And I'll say like, oh, I'm fueled with coffee. I'm ready to help you. Let's do it. Or, you know, just something just like, yeah. you know. And it's fun just being ourselves, right? We put new art every week on the login page of Leslie County of a new artist that we find on the internet. And so it's it's not like I'm like doing the same thing every day. And like it's, be, it's not, I have a great job. I have a really great job. Like my family owns car washes, which is not a great job. It's terrible. Yeah, you clean out dirty cars all day, and yeah. in the heat. We have really great jobs. Um, our bar, our bar success is no longer way up here. It's it's right here. We're still kind of going towards it. We there are things we want to accomplish, but I have a great job. So every day I wake up and I'm like, I'm excited about. It. I'm ex- I'm not gonna say every day because that's bullshit. No one's ever excited about every day I work. Yeah, but the vast majority of days I wake up and I'm like, oh, there's this thing I didn't do yesterday that I'm really excited about doing today. Yeah, um, and not every day and everything we do is peaches and cream. But I, I have a great job. I do what I, I do. What I feel is right. Yeah, uh, uh, it's a good time. Right on, man. Well, thanks so much for being on the show. This was fun. We're gonna have to do this again sometime. Absolutely, anytime. Right on. Where can people find you on the web? Oh, on the web, um, lessaccounting.com. Definitely. Uh, Twitter, Alan Branch. Uh, I make lamps. You mentioned that in the intro. Yeah. I make that's that's my hobby. You know, pixels are not really that fun. There's no there's no legacy in picture, pixels. So building lamps is sort of what I do for fun. And what's and the website Ma- for that? MasalinaDrive.com. There's only like two lamps there now. I'm kind of sold out, but right on, it's, man. It's a fun hobby. It's a fun hobby. Cool. Well, thanks again. Good talking to you. Thanks again to Alan for coming on the show. I really appreciated his honest insight into what it really takes to run a business and build a product. You can follow me on Twitter at MIJustin. You can follow the show on Twitter as well at ProductPeopleTV. You can also email us at ProductPeople at BizBox.ca. And please check out our sponsors, Sprintly, www.sprint.ly. And join Sasha Grafe. Nathan Berry, Paul Jarvis, and myself for a live hangout about self-publishing on August 26, 2013, www.selfpublishinghangout.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week. Podcast hosting is provided by Transistor.fm. 
They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to Transistor.fm slash Justin and get 15% off your first year.